Alright, three, two, one. How's it going, everybody? Welcome back to the Nerd Stuff with Ian 2.0 podcast. And as always, I'm your host, Ian. And today's topic I kind of wanted to just talk about is just more just comic books I'm reading because we did have a couple new comic books that came out from Marvel and DC. And then just toy news, kind of go from there. And then maybe I'm I'm just going to kind of just other random stuff within this. Kind of just feel like one of those just random variety podcasts, no set, you know, I guess topic or anything like that. So, I guess to start off with with this is so within the last time I did my other po- my last toys and comics podcast slash parents of her which is more like I'm just going to turn that into my variety where I do talk about toys, comics, and other stuff. I'm going to, that's when I'm going to start just doing it, just the variety podcast. Maybe I'll do it like every other week or something like that, just to kind of break down the monotony for everybody. So I guess without further ado, let me get to the comics, because I know that's usually what you guys are always looking forward to hearing. So, comic book wise. So you still have Superman Man of Tomorrow. I think if I recall, I think it's up to issue 6 as of right now, as I'm recording this podcast. And then you also have the new Batman Beyond also came out, or the newest issue of Batman Beyond just came out this past Tuesday. You also had the newest issue of Venom that came out. You also, last Thursday, you had the New Adventures of Batman Continues that came out, which I think is just a good hit, I think, for everybody. Now, I also know there are fans who love Deceased. That's officially been more or less wrapped up. Now, they are doing other stories within it. You have, uh, you, they just finished up Deceased, The Unkillables. Now they're just doing, uh, good lord, I can't remember the, it's another Deceased spinoff for the time being. Kind of just doing the smaller moments during this time. So, definitely Tom Taylor's knocking out the park. Definitely, I uh, I will admit, I'm not the biggest fan of the zombie comic book hero genre. You know, just for me personally, I feel like... I don't know. I feel like, depending upon the book, I guess way to put it, I don't know, I, just, I feel like they kind of just died off for me. You know, you had The Walking Dead, you had Marvel Zombies, and you had, you know, Blackest Night, The Green Lantern, Zombie Store. You've had a couple different ones, but I feel like this is the first time I think that DC's really fully taken advantage of just doing it. I know Marvel tried to bring back Marvel Zombies, but pretty sure that kind of died off quick before it even got off the ground last I had checked. I don't even think it really, the reboot they had did last that long. I think, I can't remember if it was like an issue or two, but what I know is it was like one issue and then nothing else came of it. And then everyone, as everyone always knows, there's always The Walking Dead, which that recently ended, God, it feels like a couple months back. I It's either a couple months to almost, I feel like a year ago now. God, it's crazy when you think about time flies in regards to it. Hmm. Yeah, time does fly. But yeah, I'm, for me personally, I'm not the biggest fan of like zombie 
comic books. They just kind of never got my attention. No one's really ever been a big fan of zombie movies. Uh, it just, for me, I've just never been that big of a fan of it. It just kind of really caught my interest. So that, that's just, that that's why I don't really get super wrapped into Deceased. Doesn't mean it's not great. I think it has, Tom Taylor's a writer's great. I think for people, if you like that genre, if you just want something different, go for it, read it, check it out. Definitely, I encourage that. Just does, just personally, it's just not a book that catches my eye. So, that's one of the newer books that came out. The book that I have, like, I, like I've been talking about, Superman Man of Tomorrow and Batman, The New Adventures of Batman Continues, both have been among my top two that I really liked. And personally, I think the adventure, Batman, The Adventure Continues, I like where it's going. And I feel like more people, I'm more excited to see when more people are able to get behind it. See how well it's going to do, see like how much more people are really going to get on it. Because to me, I kind of hope what comes of this is something that I feel like more people should be excited about. I feel like realistically, I think Paul Dini and Alan Burnett, I think they kind of, and Bruce Tim. A lot of them, they just want to do other stories with the characters they create in the DCAU. And to me, I like that. I like the fact that they're just having fun with it. You know, I know Batman's pro Batman and I know Batman Beyond are probably going to be their two bigger ones they're going to go with. I'll be curious to see if they actually do a Superman spinoff or Superman The Adventures Continue. But I feel like in a lot of ways, if you watch Superman from the... First season to third season, I feel like in a lot of ways, it's just perfect the way it is. While Batman, I feel like kind of just, Batman, you know, you always feel like there's stories left out. Because Batman wasn't truly summed up until the, until the ending of Justice League Unlimited epilogue season one. So realistically, there's a lot of story within Batman they can still mess with. Just like I think they still have Superman stories. But I also feel like they've got tons of Justice League as well. So what I'm hoping comes of this is just them being able to be like, Hey, this is a small market. that, we, Or it's a market that I feel like a lot of fans want again. The books are cheap enough if they're a lot more digital exclusives. And they just release them as trade paperbacks. I think they'll make money back pretty quickly and easily and I feel like to be honest I think it's something worth it I mean they realistically I'll just kind of go over the first story arc of the uh Batman and the Adventures Continue New Adventures of Batman Adventures Continue first story arc involved pretty much the Lex Luthor coming to Gotham more or less he has a giant robot that you know is causing havoc Batman you know, he's battling it out with him throughout the first issue. He takes down Bane. He's just kind of going through trying to figure it out. Batman sees the robot. The robot causes damage. Lex Luthor, you know, gets involved. Batman goes to investigate. Lex Luthor is there. And pretty much call, pretty much zaps Batman. Batman gets confused. Batman, lucky enough, is able to get away. But Batman's trying to figure out how to defeat this robot. 
And then all of a sudden Alfred goes, well, it looks like the robot's built for two. It looks like from the schematics that Batman managed to get, it looks like it has to be built enough for two. That's when Batman figures it out that actually Superman is powering the robot. That's why the robot's so powerful. Just kind of this cheap story, I guess, kind of just to get people's attention. Nothing super crazy to get wrapped up into, but Batman's up saving Superman. Superman helps out Batman. And it's set up for the ability with that to have Superman stories as a comic book happen with that anime universe. And I think, to me, that's a good point for it. Is that first arc, the first two issues, you really don't have to read them? I would encourage it. Well, technically, I would encourage reading them because they're cheap. And to be honest, they're quick reads. You don't really have to care super much about the story. Or, I guess, say that much about it in the first two. <clears throat> but it helps, if you're a fan of it, just support it and go from there. This current story arc, I like what they're doing. And they're, we're finally getting Deathstroke. And I'm going to be curious where it's kind of... I kind of know where it's going to go, but I'm curious to see how they're, with all their writing, where it's, at the end of the day, like, how they're going to do it. Because to me, I like the story. I think it's fun. It just gives me a couple minutes to just take my head out and just be like, you know what? Nothing overly complicated. Simple, straightforward story. Feeling like I'm watching the old Batman cartoon. Batman the Animated Series. Just something like that. So, to me, I that that's probably been my biggest thing for I encourage people about. Now, I know Superman Man of Tomorrow, if you kind of want more of like a mainstream continuity, or at least one that's not super mainstream continuity, but one that you can be like, oh yeah, this is easy to follow, Superman Man of Tomorrow is your go-to. I'm not really, I, I mean, I could harp about that for a minute. I mean, yeah, I think to me, I think it's just done a great job. And to be honest, I'm not even mad at it. I think it's, like I said, I, I like Robert Venditti writing Superman. I kind of want to see him actually get the Superman title for a while and just actually get the main Superman title and let him just have at it. Now to, I guess, get to the main comics I guess everybody kind of cares about in regards to it. The comics, at least for me, that I've been like more in like the main continuity lines, everything like that. Yeah, Dan Jurgens' Batman Beyond, which I'm glad to see that continue. I've really been enjoying it. I'm not going to spoil anything for anybody. I feel like definitely there was some people that were going to be curious to see how he was going to handle a Batwoman Beyond story. But I feel like, to be honest, and this is just one of them that happens, because I'm sure for anybody who hasn't read articles or anybody who kind of has known, they have done it. I think they did it very well. I didn't feel like they made it overly complicated. I didn't feel like they overly pushed any agendas. I felt like they just did a great story. And they still made sure they honored the the character of Terry McGinnis. And the character of Batman Beyond. As well as giving you another character. Like hey I want to see what this character can really do. And see where they're going to take it. So to me I like that. I like what it's capable of doing. What they're... The future of it's going to be. I would definitely suggest. If you're going to get into it. Get into get the trade paperbacks. To really get yourself wrapped into it. Because this, ne- 
the new story arc they're doing, it already seems really good. And I've and it's the first issue that came up of it, which I believe it's issue forty three now. Forty two or forty three. God, it's been so long. But definitely Definitely I suggest getting behind that. It's one that I really appreciate. And that, like that's like the bigger one I'm gonna suggest from DC is Batman Beyond on that one. Now for on the Marvel side. Venom. I would say if you really wanted to get into Venom right now, issue 25 is kind of the best issue to kind of get yourselves into because you don't really have to worry about reading all the previous 24 issues if you really don't want to. Donnie Case did a good job of really just overhauling it and redoing his story. I would definitely say read it. Read those first 24, but issue 25 will get you caught up so when next issue 26 comes out. And it's really, I guess, kind of a recap issue, while at the same time being a conclusion to the current story arc, which was Venom Island. Which I actually really liked, and I like what they're doing. Donny Cates, I feel like, is knocking it out the park. And I just, I like his Eddie Brock his Venom characters. Like, I like where he's setting it up and where it's going to go. And to me, I, I'm i not even mad. I think that, in my opinion, I'm, I'm going to throw it out there. I think it is... If I'm going to put out the best books right now, if I'm going to put a list of what I think are the best comic books currently running from the big two... I think that, at least in my personal opinion, from the books that I do read, for because I, like I said, I've gotten to the point where I'm a little more selective about a lot of the comic books I do read. I don't read everything due to the fact that, in my opinion, it's nice to read everything, but at the same time, pick what interests you. If you only love Batman, go read Batman all the time. Do it. If you only like Batman animated series, read the new Adventures of Batman. If you like Superman, read Man of Tomorrow or Brian Michael Bendis' Superman. Wherever you want to go with. But definitely just enjoy your reading. But if I had to pick my personal top ones, I would say... Definitely I'm going to put Donny Cates' Venom as my number one book. I'm going to put it before Immortal Hulk for the simple reason that I feel like as much as I really love the Immortal Hulk, I feel as though Donny Cates truly encapsulated, or I guess truly brought in more fans to the character of Venom than there should. Like, he made, my opinion, he made me more of a fan of Venom because of his writing. Now, I know you've had guys like Colin Bunn, and you are Colin Bunn, and you've also had, you know, Rick Remender. You've had a lot of other guys that have written the Venom character. But in my opinion, you can tell just reading Donny Cates' writing on Venom, the character's perfect for his writing. It's his character. And it just, it fits well. And the thing that got me the most excited for it was when, with an absolute carnage, when that was going on, that 
store arc was going on, at least, or I guess the mini event that was going on with that. I love this Spider-Man, and to me, I'm excited to see if... Because Nick Spencer's still currently writing Spider-Man, or The Amazing Spider-Man. I'm curious if Donny Cates, at some point, is going to be handed the reins of Spider-Man. But then again, I kind of want him to... As much as I would love that, I think, personally, I would have him hold off. I would have... It, this, this is kind of go off on a small tangent of it. If I'm Marvel and I'm looking at this guy's talent, his ability to do Cosmic Ghost Rider, to do Guardians of the Galaxy, to do Thor, to do Venom, to do Silver Surfer, to do all these vast co cosmic characters down to some of the most broken and disturbed characters and making them feel like you're like you truly you're there with them it's his writing and you can tell from his influences and just how he does it that that's why i guess the best thing i can suggest for people is if you're going to get into donny cates writing read god country that'll pretty much give you a setup for a majority of how he of being one of his in my opinion, one of his best stories. And it hits you in the feels. And it makes you think. In a lot of ways of what you weren't really initially thinking about. And to me, I think that is a good way you can that you can see why he's able to do Venom so well. Now, I do want him to write Spider-Man at some point. But I kind of want them to hold off on it. I kind of want to, if, if you're going to let him write Spider-Man, I want I would much rather give him the chance to let his Venom run either get to a good point where he feels like he's done everything he's done for the character to go to Spider-Man. If not, have Venom and Spider-Man be more closely connected. That'd be the only two ways I'd really want him to do it. Other than that, though, personally, if I think how Marvel's doing it, keep them separated. I like the fact that Eddie Brock is back in San Francisco and not in New York. I like the fact that he, again, they were like, you know, we're going to leave him off to himself still. Because realistically, he doesn't really need all the characters to be around. And... To me, that's why I say that would be my number one book for anybody trying to get into it. Into, you know, a good Marvel character. I would say Venom by Donny Cates. Worth it. Next one underneath it, I would... I'll give it to Immortal Hulk. Actually... Mm, no, I'll actually knock down Immortal Hulk one more. Next one, I'll put Jonathan Hickman's X-Men. And that can range, but I'm going to talk about his main X-Men titles. Jonathan Hickman has his whole, has a lot of influence right now on the whole of the X-Books currently. So definitely, if you're reading an X-Book, at some point it is influenced by him right now. He right now is like the bigger mastermind behind everything. And I would definitely say Jonathan Hickman's X-Men, like the main run, I put as number two. Due to the fact that 
it is something that every time he a new issue is released, he's just it's building. You don't feel like it's stagnant. You don't feel like he's just doing issues. You constantly feel like something's building there. You just have to watch for it. And it's going to pay off the more you read. So definitely would suggest getting into that. That's my number two. Number three, I'll make The Immortal Hulk. Just because The Immortal Hulk, in my opinion, if you're really trying to kind of get into a Hulk series, you just kind of just learn more about the character and kind of just see a weird, wild, crazy take on it. Definitely read that. I love the body horror aspects. I love what Al Ewing does. And to me, I feel like it just does perfect for the character. Uh, my number four, I will give it to Batman Beyond just because I've really been enjoying it. You know, I'm a big Batman Beyond fan. Now, the fact that three Marvel books outbeat it, not due to the fact that I'm not a... I, like I said, I'm a bigger DC fan than Marvel. But those three books are probably among my... So... I'm trying to think how I want to word it. In regards to Marvel books I do read, it's Fantastic Four, Mortal Hulk, Venom, and, X and Jonathan Hickman's X-Men. Those are my top four from Marvel. Now, I will read some of the limited series, depending upon if they catch my interest. But those are my two top four I just run back to for right now. I've always wanted to get into Fantastic Four. And I kind of like getting into their characters after Jonathan Hickman's run. So, in my opinion, I'm curious... I've been curious to see how Dan Slott's going to do it. Now, whether he stays on the book forever, I don't know. But I'll be curious. Whew. Sorry to get some water. But, that's a side note. Like I said, I'm a bigger DC fan than Marvel. But, Venom, X-Men, and Immortal Hulk. Top three books, at least in my opinion. Then, Batman Beyond is number four. That's... Personally, just my opinion, I like Dan Jurgens has been the main guy, and I don't feel like the story's ever really faltered from just his vision of it. And number five, I will give it to Batman the Outsiders. Batman the Outsiders, in my opinion, has been a slow but worth it build, if that makes any sense. It's a slow burn that now that it's gotten to the point. Of where, of everything that's going on, everything's finally popping off. It just feels, it's more exciting to read every issue, in my opinion. That's just kind of how I stick with that. So that's just my top five personally. There's plenty of other books, whether independent or the big two or any way you want to go with it. Those are just my top five continuous, non-limited series. All right. So I guess that's kind of all wrap up comic book side of that one. Toy-wise. So toy-wise, they did just release the... I guess they confirmed, more or less... After, I guess they finally gave us more of who's in the Spider-Man the Animated Series Retro Wave. So besides you have Mysterio and Kingpin, those other two, you have Electro in his classic costume. You have a Green Goblin who's been more or less redone to be more of the classic 90s animated series Spider-Man with an interchangeable head with Norman Osborn, which to me, I want 
badly because I want to have him with the alternate heads. Because they, this is the first time I feel like Hasbro's really taking advantage of it. And I like the interchangeable heads. You know, I don't always like having my Green Goblin with just the regular head. I want to have where he's interchange, interchangeable. We've already got a couple different Peter Parker heads. So why not give us Norman Osborn head after all this time? And I think it's the first group to really take advantage of it. So you've got Electro, Green Goblin. You have a Gwen Stacy slash Mary Jane figure where they're interchangeable heads where you can either be Gwen Stacy or Mary Jane. Then you've got, on top of that, you have Peter Parker with an uh, interchangeable head where it's his spider sense. Then you have the Spider-Man figure they're doing, which interchangeable head, and I love the figure. Like He just looks, to me personally, just looks amazing. Like, I already know I'm going to get him. I'm going to have to replace my Pizza Spider-Man with that figure. Just because I like the body mold, and they're going with the Spider-UK body mold, and I like it. For people who don't know, I can always just look it up for that character. For Spider-Man UK, it's just a different costume of the character, but the body mold was definitely well done. Uh, I feel like there's one more I'm forgetting. Uh, retro... Wave one. Uh, the fact I type in Spider-Man Retro, <laughs> and I get shoes. Uh, hmm. So besides that whole, uh, I guess, besides them, while I'm waiting to kind of look it up. You also have War Machine with an interchangeable head with James Rhodes. And, dude, does the War Machine look amazing. Like, just straight up amazing. Ah, this is the other figure of it. So you have a more 90s classic Daredevil. Where instead of being like the red or yellow costume, they have him in the armor costume. So it's an all-black suit with red armor around it with silver. Like, shoulder pads and plates. And it just... It's a classic look for anybody who had some figures from way back when. That was a look they had that Daredevil had at one point. It looks, I already know I'm gonna get it. It just looks cool to me. So that to me personally, that was like a figure I wanted. They also confirmed the Age of Apocalypse Apocalypse of Deluxe figure. He's gonna be about thirty. You also have Aim or the Aim Troop or Aim Aim Soldier Trooper build. Which, essentially, that's a army builder set. So, essentially, if, let's say, let's say you're a, you're a casual collector. For most people, at least for me, I have five of the newer Hydra soldiers and five of the newer AIM soldiers. That essentially, they came out when they were coming out with the Build-A-Figures. So, what Hasbro decided to do is, like, well, we know people are going to buy the figures. So, why make them buy figures with the Build-A-Figure piece. Let's just release the figures. They're cheap enough to make. It's not like they're ridiculously over the top. And they just been releasing the figures for about 15 to 16 bucks versus 20 to 21 And to me, I think they make money off it. They're army builders. You can, instead of having to hope you get one, now you got like six legs to a character, to one character. Now you're like, oh, well, I can just get these characters. And they look good. Now you have an army build for way cheaper. And you don't have to worry about catching a build-a-figure. 
building a or building a whole build a figure just because of that piece. So they have Hydra and Aim soldiers. Now they are building up other figures. They have another army builder wave, so I'm curious about that. And what else was there in regards to it? I feel like there was one or two one or two more figures. Moon Knight was one, there but I think he's a Walgreens exclusive. Uh, debating if is there anybody else? Uh, I think that was it in regards to newer figures that they did release or what show off. Now the one that did catch my eye though was they did a uh, live stream. They did a Facebook live, YouTube live stream, everything like that. And what they did show off was a sentinel leg. And it look and as soon as everyone was like, "Oh, they're doing it." Like they're bringing a full-blown sentinel and the thing just all just from the leg it looks huge. And like I'm excited about that. I'm curious to see where that's going to go. So definitely toy-wise, I think Marvel Legends Hasbro is knocking it out the park. In regards to that, now usually, like I said, I mainly only really talk about a lot of the Marvel Legends just because that's where I usually stick with. Now I have collected the Lightning Power Rangers Lightning Collection. I've collected some of the Transformers, but I'm much more particular in regards to that. I do collect the DC McFarlane figures, and then I do collect some of the Star Wars Black series. So that's been just some of the more continuous waves that, or continuous figure sets that do come out. Now, I know Hasbro is still going to keep coming out with them. So that's why I'm going to stick with some of those sets. So it really just depends for me in regards to that. Is there any other toys that got confirmed? I'm trying to think. I really don't. There's always some toy news that comes out, but definitely there is always something to talk about. It's just, it's on what is the most important in regards to it, if that makes any sense. So definitely I'll probably go more in depth with it probably in the next one. If there's more toy figures that get confirmed now, there's plenty of different toy sets. But I'm just going based off ones that I personally have been collecting. Now I can always suggest checking either BigBadToyStore.com or pretty much checking with uh, Megalopolis or even just checking around with local Walmarts and Targets and stuff like that. Definitely you'd be surprised. That's just more or less the toy stuff. And uh, I guess I'll, I'll get to my last segment of this. And this is going to kind of, I'll take a weird turn on it a little bit. So, uh, me and my fiance, we watched the Fantasy Island that was done by Bloomhouse. I didn't think it was bad. I definitely think that it was an interesting take. I like the fact you could tell from the writers and everything like that, that they understood the concept of it. It's really nothing crazy to it. But I like the fact that they brought the concept of everybody wants to live out their fantasy, but no one wants to live out their fantasy to its final conclusion. And that was the point of Fantasy Island, at least with this movie, at least with the movie. It is a remake of a television series, Fantasy Island. And they do set that up. 
Now, I don't think it did well in the box office, unfortunately. Though, Bloomhouse is a great studio that's been knocking out the knocking out the parks. I just, to me, when I watched it, I didn't really feel like it was as much of a horror movie. And you would kind of think, like, there would have to be something more horror aspecty about it. But I didn't really feel that way. I thought it was more interesting and sci-fi than anything else. Which I also feel like Bloomhouse has really dabbled in. Bloomhouse tends to dabble in horror and, like, sci-fi, like, weirdness. I guess the best way to put it. And I feel like they do great jobs with those concepts. But I think overall, I feel like the movie did great from beginning, from the beginning and the middle. But I feel like the ending... I don't know. I, I don't know. I didn't really feel like I was that impressed by the ending. Now, it doesn't mean people shouldn't see it. I definitely say people should see it for themselves to judge. Like, whether it's renting it from Redbox or getting it, whatever way you want to go with it, definitely I would suggest watching it for yourself if that's something that catches your eye. But uh, the reason why I bring that up besides doing the movie review is I wanted to kind of broach it out there for people, for people to kind of think about when they when they listen to the podcast, just to kind of leave everybody off with something. With the concept that came from, comes from, or I guess with the concept that comes from the statement of, you must see out your fantasy to its final conclusion. If there is one thing you feel like you could go back or change or live out your wildest fantasy, would you do it? Would you go in, would you change something you feel like you made a mistake, or would you change something about your life that you always feel like you should have changed, or you feel like, if this moment hadn't happened, I wouldn't be where I'm at? Or would you, or do you feel like, because that happened, you became a better person, so you wouldn't change that? I just, I don't want people to like message me or anything like about it. I just want people to take that as a nugget and just nugget of just something to think about in the back of their head and just have it as an interesting thought. Now, if you see me personally and you want to talk about it or if you really do want to message me about it, get my phone number, go for it. I'm not going to tell you no, but I'm not going to encourage some poll or anything like that or everyone trying to go for it, but I'll definitely broach the subjects if it's need be. But, uh, but yeah, I'll kind of... Definitely, I won't bring up anything I feel like I could change or do anything. I feel like, actually, I'll kind of give my answer on it. If I had the chance to go back and change anything I ever wanted to change, I wouldn't at the end of the day. I feel like the life lessons and the uh, and the concept of understanding hindsight's twenty twenty. is the reason why life go life has gone away gone its way for me and has you know I've been fortunate enough with things I'm able to do things I'm able to you know have and every so on and so forth so I wouldn't change anything I don't feel as though there's really least to me I don't feel as though changing anything would make any difference end of the day I feel like there's a reason for why my life has gone the way it has and I feel like overall 
I feel as though it has gone its right way. At least that's for me. Now, like I said, I want you as the listeners to think about that to yourselves. And if you want to talk about it to your partner or talk about it to your friends or even me, message me about it or whatever you want to do, that is fine. But think about it. And kind of give yourselves a little bit of a... Little bit of a... Little bit more of a thinking, what would it be? And if you did change it, would it have changed everything? And really think about it. That's definitely my bigger thing. Change. Now, again, it doesn't have to be a serious thing. If your literary fantasy is like, you know what? I wouldn't change that. i just change it so I can become Spider-Man for a day. Definitely that would be funny. And I wouldn't be surprised there should be some people that want to be a superhero for a day or somebody want to be this or that. But definitely I would suggest just kind of think about and have fun with the topic. So I guess with that being said, I'm going to close this out for everybody. And I figured that it's everything I figured I don't want to have this go on for a ridiculously long time. So with that being said, thank you guys for listening and you guys have a great night. Later.